Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. <laughs> Today, we are bringing you a very special episode of Raised by Movies. We have a very special first annual Valentine's Day movie for you, where we will be discussing the one and only 2005 romantic comedy, Fever Pitch. <laughs> Is it the Let's only Fever Pitch? I mean, the only romantic comedy in 2005? No. Why did you say it like that? the best romantic comedy of 2005. What's that, though? I don't really we count this ta- as a Valentine's Day movie. We can talk about... Oh, sh- <laughs> Shut up. This is the intro. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here. Make sure you're leaving us a rating. Leave us a review in your favorite podcast app. Today, joining me to discuss this movie is none other than Chef and Autumn. Say hello, everybody. Hi! Hello there. How are you guys doing? I'm good. Excited for Valentine's Day? Love it. So Valentine's-y. So many good <laughs> Valentine's things. Hearts, red, pinks, those little candies. Mm, I love those candies. Yep. The heart candies? Mm-hmm. With the words on them? Yeah, I like to give them out to old ladies on the street. I bet they like that, actually. Oh, I bet they do. I'm gonna. I love that now. Those are my favorite candies. Be mine. Hugs and kisses. Text me. Text me. Ooh, <laughs> that's hot. <laughs> um, I'm not excited because my husband is a curmudgeon, so Valentine's Day isn't a big deal for him. Nor should it be for anybody. I'm taking myself out. It's a commercialized holiday. It was created by Hallmark <laughs> so they could sell greeting cards. You sound just like him. <laughs> I can tell you what I am excited about, and that's Fever Pitch. Hooray! It's not. That's not the most romantic movie we could have picked for Valentine's Day. I disagree. I think that we're <laughs> overcoming great obstacles, and those obstacles are season tickets to Fenway. I mean, well, I love I Jimmy Fallon. I guess we can start there. You, you, so you guys, <laughs> besides the fact that this is a romantic movie, you would you would not consider this a, a nice Valentine's Day movie? Oh, I would. Mm, no, it's not. They wouldn't be my go-to. Listen, this thing has two kinds of love in it. A love between a man and a woman who are just trying to beat the odds and the love of a man and his sports team. So there are exactly two movies that I have seen in theaters on Valentine's Day. Uh, one of them, Fifty Shades of Grey. I think I saw the first one in theaters. Nice. On, on Valentine's, Valentine's Day? Day? Yep. With who? Uh, no, don't tell me. I don't care. Okay, that would have come out when I was in high school. Probably was me. Yeah, it was probably <laughs> Chef. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then the second one is Remember Me, starring Robert Pattinson. Oh, where they kill him? Ooh! Well, spo- you go straight to spoiler that. alert for Remember Me. I was me. so mad. I was I was in love with Robert Pattinson, and I was so mad they killed him off. Was that? Yeah, I think that movie came out when I was in <coughs> seventh or eighth grade. Okay, but that's not the movie we're talking about. So, well, we're talking about. Ugh. You seem to have an issue with us doing Fever Pitch for our first Valentine's Day episode. So these are the other potential movies that could have been discussed for Valentine's Day. Why are they only your choices? What what would you guys like to discuss next year on I mean, Valentine's Day? Fucking the Notebook, classic. Yes, I love you. Oh, that's <sighs> a good one too. It's so sad, but there's love all abound. Love all about. Are there any movies that take place on Valentine's Day? There's yeah, Valentine's the movie Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day, I guess, <laughs> which is also pretty good with Taylor Swift. Uh, the worst part about that movie. Valentine's Sorry, T Swift. 
I'm trying to think because like the only one, the other one that comes to mind is like the other like anthology movie, I guess. With like the the Christmas themed one, with the guy holds the postcards. Love Actually, yeah, Love Actually. I know that's like Christmas that's, I themed. Th- I would but say that's more of a Christmas movie than it is a Valentine's Day. Movie. I mean, it is, but like yeah. the whole thing is centered around love. I mean, My Bloody Valentine takes place on Valentine's no. Day. No, no. <laughs> Wait, is that the one about the coal miner? Yeah. No, only the three D version <laughs> is one I respect. Uh, I, I'm don't. Tr- that's not true. Struggling to think of it. I mean, there's another one that I considered, right? That I that I genuinely thought to myself, this would be a good Valentine's Day movie. Yeah. Which is about time. Oh, that's so good. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's love. <laughs> is it though? It's so love. Is man. it love? Like I, I think that is. Maybe we'll make like a list of yeah. like movies to cover specifically just on Valentine's Day. That is one. I think, but I think About Time is probably one of the best romantic movies that I've seen. I'd say that. It's definitely like it has a rewatch value that can't be matched by many other like romantic movies. Huh. That's true. I was looking it up. It's got Rachel McAdams. Heck oh, yeah. yeah. Love my girl. Little Dickie just dropped a song about her. Nice. Don't say that. You're going to give it away that we're not recording this in February. Oh, shit. <laughs> Just okay. dropped it a few months ago, I think you mean. Okay, cut that out. <laughs> but those would all be great movies to cover on a future Valentine's Day episode. In this Valentine's Day episode, we're talking about Fever Pitch. True. So this is directed by the Fairley Brothers famously have done uh this is peter and bobby fairly they've done dumb and dumber i thought it was Farley. something about mary they did shallow how oh yeah um based off of a book by nick hornby this is a book well so this is actually a remake of a 1997 british movie Mm. Uh, about but instead because they're british they talk about soccer and rather than baseball even though baseball is a far superior sport <laughs> I think I, I think you would find that majority <laughs> of the world would say otherwise. <laughs> um, so that the 1997 movie is based like around Arsenal winning the league title in the last minute of like the final game of the 1980-89 season. Colin Firth is in the movie. Um, oh, I actually like Colin Firth. I love Colin Firth. That's really all I know about it. I don't have any interest in watching that movie when this movie exists. That's true. Although I do have to say, if Colin Firth is a leading man in that movie, mm, and mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon's the leading man in this movie, uh, which he also is, that one sounds like it might actually be pretty good. Well, we'll get to the <sighs> Jimmy Fallon aspect of this movie. Haters yeah. gonna hate. But when was the first time you saw this movie? Dude, it was 2005. You saw this when it came out? Yeah. I, I don't think I like saw it in theaters, but no, I probably saw it. No, I didn't. It was 2006 because I saw it at the beginning of 2006 when it came out on DVD. I don't – I probably saw this in like 2009 or 10. And you probably watched it for fucking David Ortiz and Jason Veritek. I will say like – the Red Sox aspect to this movie is why I think it holds, like, a special place for me. Because, like, 
like I, I, I have a feeling. I don't know this to be true. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. I have a feeling this movie hits a lot differently for people that live in New England than for people that live in Lake Montana. And New York. I vividly remember the 2004 Red Sox team. I vividly remember watching all the games displayed near the end of this movie. So yeah, I think that's probably the reason that I like it. And I don't that's why I don't think it probably really works for somebody that lives in like Florida. Plus, any Yankee fan would hate to relive the Red Sox coming back from 3-1. 3-0, fuckers. Beat that shit, <laughs> Yankees, pieces of shit. Fuck you, Yankees. <laughs> and what uh, what about when was the first time you saw this? Did you even watch this before we started? Yeah, I did. Getting married? Yeah, before we started getting married. <laughs> um, yeah, I watched this. I don't remember when, though. It definitely wasn't when it first came out. Um, I don't give a shit about baseball, but I've always loved Jimmy Fallon. I probably watched it in maybe after 2010, but before 2015. Maybe. There, there's a, a certain rewatchable quality to the movie. We'll get into like whether any of this makes sense at all, because <laughs> I don't really know that it does. But it's undeniable that Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore have chemistry. Oh, yeah. They're both like mm. got that little nerdy, quirky kind of thing going on. Yeah, they totally banged. Not the like super hot, nerdy, quirky quality that like a Zoe De Chanel would Ooh. have, but like the kind of quirky that's like, oh my gosh, these are real people. Yeah. Okay. If this movie's remade today, who's in it? Oh shit! That's such a good fucking question. Um, that's why I'm the host. No, I know. <laughs> shit. Let's start with start with Jimmy Fallon's character. Uh, Who's just, like Justin Long? <laughs> that's Justin Long. No, that's actually a pretty good choice. <laughs> Justin Long. Um, oh my. With who though? As far as like Justin like, Long. Justin Long is like a fantastic casting. I Justin Long, who him. has been in a romantic comedy with Drew Barrymore. Yeah, and going the distance. Many I other don't women. That one. Oh, we should, we should, we'll cover it. I don't remember that one either. Maybe like Amy Adams? No. No, she's too old. I mean, she's too old. She's too old to play this part. Isn't she like the age of Justin Long now? Yeah, they're about the same age. He's too old. That's true. Technically, Justin Long's going to be too old. Because they're, what, 40s? Justin Long's like 42. That guy still looks like he's young as shit, though. Oh, he didn't in the. The Chris, what was the one we just watched? The Christmas. Oh, it's a wonderful layers. knife. It's a wonderful knife. They made him look old. I don't know if that was purposeful. No, no, Justin. Oh, he's forty-five. Justin Long is youthful as shit. Like how old? Mm. How old was Jimmy Fallon when this came out? God, probably he was twenty-nine. 30? I looked it up last night. No, him and Drew Barrymore both were twenty-nine. And yeah, 30. so Amy Adams and Justin Long are too old to be in this movie. At this okay, point. so you 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 age it a little bit. You make it the two thousand and thirteen Red Sox no, 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 series. Obviously, obviously yeah. it's not the two thousand and four like, red Sox, but like yeah. you just said justin long was perfect for this so let's mm. keep it that in way. terms of like the jimmy fallon like he he kind of is like hallmark jimmy fallon <laughs> yeah but he does it better he does it better than jimmy fallon did this well he's a better actor That's in true. general jimmy fallon's not really known for his acting do you think you get someone like uh i guess she's probably not like quite on par with drew barrymore but someone like anna de armas does like the Drew Barrymore part. I can see Evan on a Um 
I just like, I don't know. She's really hot. And it, not that Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore is unattractive. Drew Barrymore. But <laughs> Drew Barrymore is very, very, very it's hot. Different but it's types. It's just kind of like different ways about them, mm-hmm. you know? There, There's a casting person who was attached to this that I think would make this movie very interesting but very awful, which we will get to. But as far as our connection to the movie. Yes. Um, this has a another like very important aspect to it which it's either in this movie or it's the departed but i definitely think it's the departed where i first heard dropkick murphy's (laughs) and that was like a very big deal until i turned 12 and then it was like i'm not listening to irish (laughs) punk bands like are you kidding me dude the the song (laughs) that, that song that's made for this movie tessie and then you got shipping up to boston like iPod Nano, dude, on repeat. That entire season was just at the end of at the end of every single like airing when they're about to cut to commercial break. There was always a one video of like Josh Beckett throwing a pitch in the strike zone, and all of a sudden you'd hear, "I'm shipping up to Boston." And I remember just because oh, it hit so hard, it was so good, it was so good. Uh, the Departed coming soon. We'll cover that shortly. Yeah, that, that those are like the big things. The Red Sox, without the Red Sox in this movie, this is probably super forgettable. For you. I think it's already forgettable for other people. I mean, it's like, <laughs> like, like, let's put it this way. Is it like, does the event make the movie? Like, does the majesty of the 2004 Red Sox winning the World Series make the movie that much more special? Yes. Because like, let's, let, let, me, you, let me, let me, let me, let me say one thing. Could you plug in the... 2000 and what was it 2018 cubs was that the year they won the world series i think so it was that can you plug them in because i they don't have like the i'm curse not of the a great cubs fan no but that's exactly my point though is like does it does do the red Sox specifically just because of the like curse of the bambino and like all that kind of like I don't want to say like juju, but like all the weird stuff around it, you know, yeah. all the curses that they had. You know what it is here? This is a, what I think is a big part of it, which is just like there's not that many like devout Boston movies. And I think Boston plays like a big role in this. Not really, but like <laughs> you, they don't spend um, much time in Boston. But like just being in Fenway Park, yeah. being in the most historic ballpark in the entire MLB. And hey, what about Wrigley Field? Yeah, I don't think I I don't give a fuck about Renley, Rick, Wrigley Field. Yeah. And I think that's why like the 2018 Cubs with Ana de Armas and Justin Long, that remake that's coming. Just isn't just doesn't hit as hard. No, it doesn't hit as hard. You know why? Because Ana de Armas is not real world everyday person kind of hot. I don't think Drew Barrymore is either. Oh, she is. She's everyday person kind of hot. Maybe if like um, the girl from like My Big Fat Greek Wedding was like the star. Oh yes, like, she has like that. a very like regular person quality to you her. You don't think Drew Barrymore is a regular person quality to her? Not really. What about Rachel Ray? Ew. <laughs> what? What? You don't like Justin Rachel Long Ray? Justin Long and Rachel Ray. Rachel Ray would be up there fucking <laughs> cooking shit while Justin Long sitting on the couch. Fucking Red Sox, bud. Uh, I am actually very disappointed with the lack of Boston accent in this movie. Nobody would have been able to do it justice except for Jimmy Fallon. 
Plus, if he you didn't had, even try. Well, if you had to listen to the main character fucking talk like this. Oh, fuck. That was oh. British for a while. Yeah, that took a weird <laughs> turn. But if you had to listen to fucking uh, Jim, Jimmy Fallon do a thick Boston accent the whole time, you turned it off 15 minutes in. Or I'd, that would be the reason I would watch it. <laughs> I'm glad you're that kind of person, man. <sighs> All right. Let's get into some production notes. Directed by the Fairley Brothers, right, as we've mentioned. But... I would say this doesn't really feel like a Fairly Brothers movie. Like, I mean, there's a reason for that. But, like, there's no real, like... I guess this is, like, a pretty big criticism of the movie, which is that, like, it's not a very good romantic comedy. Like, it's not that funny. Like, there's no real moments where you're, like, laughing. You just, like, kind of chuckle because Jimmy Fallon is, like, kind of silly and witty. But there's no real, like funny moments when drew Berryman got punched in the face that was pretty funny she doesn't get punched in the face she has a line drive to the face yeah oh no it wasn't her that got punched in the face it was drew Barrymore's friend that got punched in the face in that the, boxing okay ring. so that was something that i was gonna bring up which is that like those weird scenes of them doing like extreme sports activities those seem like the most fairly brothers like moments but like though it seems like that's where you have room for like for some gags mm. and like they just they just don't and I don't know if this is like the studio being like this. That's not the movie we want, or like if they just like didn't have anything. You know why they didn't put it in there? Because they wanted the action to be on that field, that soft, spongy grass. <laughs> like imagine like the scene in Dumb and Dumber where they, they pop the cork and kill the exotic bird. <laughs> right? like, there's, there's there's nothing like that here. No, because and you think of something like Shallow Hal, like where the entire premise is ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you think of something of like there's something about Mary where like Cameron Diaz gets cum in her hair. Ha 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 ha. Like there's <laughs> there's nothing like that in this movie. <laughs> It's the hair gel. (laughs) It's the new hair gel. Oh, shit. There's nothing even, like, remotely close to being, like, that ridiculous in this movie. No, but I think that that's what works for it, though. Like, they played a lot to romance. And I know that, like, you don't see it, but it's just kind of, like, it's more of, like, this is a a man versus himself. Like, you know, Jimmy Fallon is trying to overcome himself in his love for the Red Sox so that he can be there for the woman that he also loves. That's what the, that's what that's the real conflict here. Yeah, he has to grow up a little. I I agree that he does, but this also feels more like like a Red Sox video diary than it does like a romantic comedy. Well, maybe and that's why we keep which is, coming. Which back, is baby. why I like it. <laughs> Scout, from my side of things, I mean, there is a lot of Red Sox, but that's not what the movie is about. I would argue would it like we'll we'll get into it. We break down the movie, but I would oh, argue we'll get into from, it. All right. Like, the romantic side of things, like, there's a lot of questions I think you can ask about this relationship. Hmm. Like what? There's a lot of questions you could ask because you're always picking out the most unrealistic things in movies. I wouldn't say there's lots of things that I'm willing to just ride with. Like the fact that he's going to sell his season tickets for $125,000. Yeah, that's true. That's a logistical problem. Which, looking at the statistics (laughs) of season ticket holders for the Red Sox is just... Such a lowball offer. Hold on. Have we accounted for inflation? <laughs> yeah, because that's like that's like one season price. Like this is long term season forever. tickets. Forever. Again, this is part of the very specific section I have for baseball tidbits. Oh, oh so sorry. Shit. Shit. Okay, yeah. No, my bad. <laughs> so 
the reason I would argue that this doesn't feel like a Fairly Brothers movie is because they're like the eighth director that's considered, right, to to direct this movie. Okay. Uh, originally, they had Sean Levy going to direct this movie. Do you know what Sean Levy has directed? No. Lay it on me. Night at the <laughs> Museum. Oh. <laughs> Listen, as long okay. as if, if Sean Levy does this movie, as long as I get Robin Williams sitting there acting like Teddy Roosevelt at some point, I'm good. <laughs> so he was a, attached to direct this movie because he's a big fan of Nick Hornby, who wrote the book. And there was one actress who was attached to play Lindsay. Do you want to just guess? Just throw out a guess. Kate Winslet. Nope. That's a good guess, though. I have no idea. She's in the MCU. Is that a sport? Scarlett Johansson? Nope. Is MCU a sp- Oh, Marvel? Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, uh, Elizabeth Olsen? Nope. She Brie Larson. She would have been a child. Yeah, oh, right. Been <laughs> <a> child. <laughs> okay, so who's an old one? Who's an oldie? Uh, Vi- Viola Davis. Isn't when she is black? Paltrow. Oh. Oh. The uh, goop lady? The, the goop, goop lady. lady. Oh. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow was originally attached to play Lindsay. Uh, however, she found the script to be mediocre and would turn down the role. Which uh, that, allowed yeah. for Drew Barrymore to come on board. It is a pretty underwhelming film. Which I think <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow in this movie would be awful it would ruin oh, it yeah for sure would, she's she is probably one of the stiffest human beings on the planet yeah and so like hey dude all the yoga which I, she which, does she's probably not stiff at all you know like stiff personality <laughs> okay. wise that's true i'm just saying she's probably pretty limber which maybe works for like the fact that like Lindsay's like i gotta do my job but like i to interact with Jimmy Fallon, I feel like you probably can't have that kind of personality. That's true. Mm, no. That's true. I, I'm sure that if Gwyneth Paltrow follows through on this script, Jimmy Fallon does not get cast. There's no fucking way. That could be true. There's zero chemistry between them. Or at least I don't think Gwyneth Paltrow has chemistry with anybody. Who? What? I said, I don't think Gwyneth Paltrow has chemistry with anybody. She wasn't bad with RDJ. I guess. Who's she RDJ? Robert Downey Jr. Oh. Iron Man. You would think, right? Fenway Park, legendary MLB Stadium. Must be pretty difficult to shoot in there, right? Yes. No, it's not. They let just about anybody do it. That's all. There's been like over 15 movies shot at Fenway Park. That's so sick. (laughs) Can we do a podcast there? Would they just let us do that? (laughs) Guys, we just want to go to second base, set up a table, and just start recording. What's the big one? What's the big one that you can think of? Moneyball. Moneyball, yep. Um... Come on. I fuck. Come on. <laughs> what? The town. They oh, robbed shit. Fenway that's Park. Right. That's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. I haven't seen the town in forever. We're gonna, we'll get to it. That. We'll get to it. After Valentine's Day, which is Well, next year we can do Valentine's Day. Next year we'll do the town. That's not For a Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is if you like Ben Affleck. <laughs> So the Fairley brothers were granted 10 days to shoot in the stadium, which included five game days. Oh, wow. So the big climactic moment with Drew Barrymore at the end, and she is in center field and she jumps out on the field, that was recorded after a game, and they asked like a lot of the players and the fans to stay to make the stadium look full, and they recorded that after a game. So you think mm. a game, they're recording that at like 11 o'clock at night? I'd need a nap. It's a reminiscent of um, Never Been Kissed. 
she's waiting in the ball field. It's also <laughs> reminiscent of uh, Angels uh, in the Outfield. Anger management. When Adam Who's Sandler Fraba. runs the it, it, What? Is that weird? I don't remember. <laughs> is it weird? Is like, a, did I say something weird at all? Uh, not quite the same moment. But <laughs> Listen, Adam Sandler running on the field, fucking dodging people left and right so we can go uh, tongue it with his lady. <laughs> Was he wearing sweatpants? Adam Sandler styles a different video. Huge ass <laughs> gym shorts with a big ass t-shirt. Oh. Uh, let's look at the stars for this movie, right? Do you, does Jimmy Fallon make a movie like this today? Does Jimmy Fallon even make a movie today? No, he doesn't. No, he's a talk show host. But like, even if he wasn't a talk show host, he doesn't make a movie like this because his acting in this is so piss poor that he doesn't mm. get the role for it. I don't think his acting is bad. I think he does exactly what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to be regular guy from Boston. I don't well like he's that's the thing is that like I get the whole regular guy shtick, which is why he's so good at being cast as a regular guy, but it's just that like there are a couple points where you can tell he is so stiff, so incredibly stiff, and his acting is just off kilter. So Jimmy Fallon, at, at around this time, uh he's pretty big on SNL and he he wants to leave SNL to make movies, right? Hmm. So, but it's kind of, it's like reports are showing. Uh, he was very picky about what he wanted to do and would turn down like a dozen scripts saying like, mm, I don't want to do any of these. Any hmm. good ones that we know of? I don't know. He turned down 12 before signing on to make Taxi with Queen Latifah. Oh, oh Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah could have played Drew Barrymore's role. <laughs> <laughs> Queen Latifah could have been Lindsay. I'd watch her in anything. So they make Taxi, which ends up being like a commercial and critical just flop. Nobody really liked that movie. Mm-hmm. But before like any like that movie flops, but he had already signed on with 20th Century Fox to make another movie, which is Fever Pitch. That's the next movie he makes after Taxi. That's so cool. So he's really not like he's he's really not like that big. like Jimmy Fallon being in a movie isn't that big of a deal in 2005. Yeah. Unlike Drew Barrymore, Mm-hmm. Does Drew Barrymore make a movie like this today? Uh, yeah, dude, she made Blended. It's like she could yeah, if she really seven years ago now. Any movie that she does with Adam Sandler is like this. I was like, Drew Barrymore could probably do anything nowadays, and people would still like check it out at least. She's got like a talk show and all that now, so I'm I would have a she does have like a, talk a day show. show or whatever. Yeah, but I so I have a hard pressed time believing that she would abandon that for something like this. But like at the same time, you know. This is definitely something that I could see her being able to make now. So at the time of this movie, I would argue. Naturally. That. You would argue. If we're going back in time here, I don't think you can sell this movie with Jimmy Fallon as your star. I think you have to sell this movie as Drew Barrymore as your star. Sure. Because (laughs) she's coming off two Charlie's Angels movies. Mm. She's coming off. Literally the year prior to this, she does Fifty First Dates with Adam oh, Sandler. Yeah, great movie. She's already known from things like uh, Johnny Darko. She's already done Never Been Kissed. Mm-hmm. Scream. This is she's done Scream. This is post Freddie Got Fingered and her marriage to Tom Green. <laughs> like I think Drew Barrymore is like the much bigger draw to this. Of course, than she Jimmy is. Fallon is. Yeah. Freddie Got Fingered. It's a great <laughs> movie. She, which she has a cameo in. Yeah, it's true. She's in Freddie Got Fingered. That's yeah, true. So I think, yeah, Drew Drew Barrymore is probably the reason people saw this movie. People probably were like, 
oh, I like Fifty First Dates. I guess I'll go see Fever Pitch. I mean, if you're going because you're a fan of Drew Barrymore, I get that. But also, at the same time, the novelty of, like, Jimmy Fallon making that transition is enough to at least make people curious. Well, like, I guess this is kind of, like, at a time when SNL is more, like, at the center of culture. Yeah. I feel like a lot of SNL guys are doing movies, right? Like, I think a couple of them have had movies come out this year. Probably. And, like, nobody really cares. Because, like, do people even watch SNL anymore? Not really. I mean, like, I know when, like, Alec Baldwin was doing Donald Trump. Murderer Alec Baldwin? Well, I don't know. I mean, he was never convicted, right? <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Was he convicted or was he Was he not? I don't even know. I, I think they're still examining evidence. Oh, okay. Um, then I'm just saying. As of 2024 in February, I think they're still reviewing evidence. I was just about to say. Innocent till proven guilty, as far as we know. Anyways, SNL. <laughs> SNL. Nobody really watches it. No, yeah. no. So like, nobody really watches it. Don't, I don't think people are watching. I don't think. So, for example. I don't know. Pete, Pete Davidson Skeet came Davidson? off of that. Skeet, Skeet <laughs> Davidson. He got. Didn't he get famous from SNL? Or was he. So. Yeah. So, it, somebody's I watching. Well, I guess, like. Ski Davidson is kind of like you're really calling him Ski on the show. <laughs> it's so fucking oh my funny, god! I think I think Ski Davidson's a kind of like the last, probably part of the last class of people that got famous from SNL. Which I would because he's like, kind of he's kind of in the same ballpark with like Bill Hader and John Mulaney. Like Skeet Davidson Wait, could be in Fever Pitch if he? his Long Island accent wasn't so thick. It did, would have to be about like the the Mets. Like, yeah, yeah. Did he get? famous from snl or did he get famous from like was he big before the whole ariana grande thing happened i think he was on snl first he was on snl first for sure yes but like at the same time (laughs) was he a big name at that point uh you know i I I don't i don't think like who did he have much cultural prominence i don't remember hearing about him now that you say that before he started dating ariana but I'm I guess also, I didn't know that he dated Ariana Grande. Yeah, yeah. it happened for a minute or two there. She has a song was about him. Was he even famous before Kanye started calling him Skeet? That's the real question we need <laughs> Is answered. anyone famous before Kanye <laughs> makes them relevant? We need a timeline chart. These are the real notes I should have taken. I should have tracked the career of Skeet Davidson, someone who's not in this movie. Yeah, True. yeah, we're really going off track, like multiple times. Skeet Davidson. <laughs> but is it like I, I would I would imagine that Jimmy Fallon is kind of in the same SNL class like, with the Happy Madison crew at the tail end of their time at SNL. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Fallon is probably still in there. He ties in. I think he ties in more with like Will Ferrell. Well, that could Will be. Forrell, uh, Will Ferrell, that sh- I don't know who she is, but like the short lady, you know, the sex can wait, masturbate. You know, that lady. Yes. I can think of her face. Mm, mm. The cheerleading squad for the chess tournament. Okay, there's the big thing. The big thing. Big thing. The ending of this movie changes because of real life events. Oh. Right? Interesting. How was it supposed to end? So it originally is ending with the Red Sox being postseason contenders, but essentially losing to the Yankees again like they did the year prior. Interesting. Because they were shooting. Basically, the movie was like shooting during baseball season. They were going to edit during the winter and then it is released in April. So as baseball is starting. 
So they were tried to follow as closely as they could to like to 2004 real life. They had to extend some things because the Red Sox end up winning. Imagine, imagine being on the production crew, just like, when are these guys gonna fucking bite it? I'm done with this. <laughs> and so, even to like to the extent like they had to fly Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore to uh, Game Four of that World Series, and they had to attend the game in character so that they could, you know, get scenes of them at the World Series games. That explains why they like zipped past. Like, they just jumped to the future of that all. Well, they weren't intending to make a movie around these, like, with the Red Sox winning. See, I think that's what happens. I think that's what should have happened. Drew Barrymore, Jimmy Fallon, they get that kissing scene at Fenway, and then from then on, it's just a documentary of the Red Sox <laughs> winning <laughs> the a, World Series. It's another hour of the Red Sox winning the oh World Series. Yes, everything from the Yankees series on. I actually think that this should be a doubleheader with the two, with the the DVD that Mike has that gets released about like the 2004 Red Sox season <laughs> and you have to watch them back to back. I would so do that. <laughs> that sounds incredible. But that that's kind of like the big thing that everybody knows about the movie which is that like they had to change the ending because the Red Sox actually won. Yeah. They make the most historic comeback in MLB history. Mm. I think in sports history. I don't think anyone's ever come back from that. But they had to change the whole movie. And now we have to go over some useless baseball trivia. Yes. All right. Let's start with this. In 2004, when this movie takes place, the movie shows that the Red Sox open their season against the Texas Rangers. Uh, any real Red Sox fan would know that they open their season against the Orioles. You idiots. <laughs> yeah. Stephen King in the movie famously throws out the first pitch on opening day. That segment is taken from September when he actually throws out the opening pitch of that season. Not on opening day. Classic. Classic Hollywood. <laughs> catering the message up to the masses. This is perhaps the most egregious one. In the movie, they show Tim Wakefield, R.I.P., as being the Fuck opening you, day Shilling, pitcher. You. That's insane. Tim yeah. Wakefield is never a one-slot starter. No, that man. You're not. You're not starting the season off with his nasty knuckle. You. You got to wean your everybody way into that. knows. Pedro Martinez is the day one starter. Plus, you're gonna have Jason Veritek starting, not Doug Mirabelli. That's true. That means you're starting the season with your like second catcher, <laughs> which you're just not gonna do. You're not gonna do that. Uh, so we've already talked about the scene where Lindsay gets hit in the face with a foul ball. Hilarious. Miguel Tejada famously hits that foul ball. True. Uh, but here's what might be interesting. That pitch is shown by someone throwing submarine style. It's Mike Myers. But this game is supposed to take place in July. The Red Sox do not acquire Mike Myers until August of that season. So he wouldn't even be throwing that ball. Dude, these inconsistencies yeah. are unforgivable. I think the movie's ruined. <laughs> <laughs> so you have the scene, right, of like Drew Barrymore wants to learn about Red Sox history. They talk about the curse of the Bambino. Yes. And this is how this is what I mean, right? You can't trust the Fairley Bellers, these two guys who are reportedly Red Sox fans, hmm. but they're from Pennsylvania. Ew. Ben Affleck should have made this movie. A real Boston <laughs> sports fan. You say Ben Affleck, but I think you mean Matt Damon. Because 
when they're telling the story of them of the Red Sox selling Babe Ruth to the Yankees to finance No No Annette, this is not an entirely accurate story. <laughs> so Harry Frazzi sells Babe Ruth for a hundred thousand dollars. No No Annette does not even debut until five years after that, which is two years after he sells the entire Red Sox organization to somebody. Mm. They did not sell Babe Ruth to finance No No Annette. Interesting. Why did they sell Babe Ruth? For $100,000. Pieces of shit. And this is the last thing. He's going to sell his season tickets for $125,000. Here's why that that is a ridiculous offer. And this should be probably close to like a million. Yes. The Red Sox cap their season ticket holders at $20,000. And there are 1,000 fans on the waiting list. Only 20,000 people can have season tickets. That's insane. Which still seems like a lot, but when you think about it, there's still like plenty of seats left for people that aren't season ticket holders. Thousands. 99.3% of season ticket holders retain their season tickets, which means that there are roughly only 140 season ticket positions opened every year with a wait list of 1,000. These tickets are worth so much more than $125,000. Yeah. This guy's never getting season tickets. Break, well, break that $125,000 divided by $160,000 or no, $82,000 because that's how many games that they do at Fenway. Like what's that price per ticket? Per ticket? If you were to count it just for that one season. So you're looking at $125,000 divided by $82,000. Well, we'll go – actually, it's like $81,000. Yeah. It's $1,500 a ticket. $1,500 a ticket for one season. For one fucking season, dude. That's true. When you think about it, you could probably buy a ticket to every game for less than that. Yeah, exactly. And like, but like, if you're paying for the right to retain, that's one thing. But I feel like at that point, you're defrauding the Red Sox, you're defrauding the state of Massachusetts, and you're defrauding those 1,000 people that are sitting on that waiting think list. Think about just how expensive it is to have season tickets. Right, probably ridiculous. So, like, let's you're going to every home game, right? Yeah. You go, you go to 81 games a season, sure. assuming you don't miss any, which allegedly Jimmy Fallon has not missed a game in 11 years. Mm-hmm. If you're buying a hot dog at every game, if you're buying a beer at every game, it's it's very expensive for you yeah. to go to the Red Sox 81 times in a year. I just want to. My big question is, what's the like price for a season ticket for like a season ticket pass? Uh, well, it's probably going to be different in 2004, given that they haven't won a World Series in almost 100 years. My only thing is... Now they've won, what, three World Series in 20 years? This guy is on a teacher's salary. But he gets gifted them. He gets gifted the reti- the rights to the tickets, but like, it's not as if these these tickets are prepaid for for his entire fucking lifetime. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? If he is, that is one badass uncle. <laughs> Let's look it up. Cost of Red Sox season tickets. Season tickets, season tickets. That's one, two, three strikes are out at the old ball game. If you want to sit in the bleachers, you're looking at like $73 a game. For 81. So how much is that? 73 times 81? Yeah. I'm not good at math. Neither. That's like six grand a year. Damn. That's pretty pricey. On a teacher's salary. Plus, plus hot, dogs hot dogs and beers. Plus he's buying beer. Plus he's buying Red Sox memorabilia. He's totally yeah. buying pe- uh, peanuts. Jimmy Fallon cannot afford no. to be a Red Sox season <laughs> ticket holder. 
Uh, unless like, because like he is giving those tickets to all of his friends, so maybe they're like all pooling in thousands of dollars a year. That's what I don't I understand. Don't, like, maybe I would not assume that season tickets come with two seats. I would assume you're paying for one seat. That's true. So it would be twelve thousand. And he has and he has two <laughs> seats to every game. So it'd be twelve thousand dollars a year. That's so much money, dude. Yeah, that's a lot. That's so much money. That's rent for a year for a lot of people. Yeah, that Jimmy Fallon's just blowing on the Red Sox. This guy's this guy's more of a fan than I you ever could be. When you really look at the numbers, there's absolutely no way you can be on his side. It's completely illogical. No, no, no. I think like if Drew Barrymore is going to sit there and watch this happen, she's only being an enabler, and she needs to get that man an intervention real fast. <laughs> To get, get this man a master's degree so he can at least start earning some of this money back. <laughs> he either needs to lower his life standard or he needs to meet the standard that he's trying to live at at that point in time. I this think- man needs to spend more time at the ground round with 10 cent wings whenever the Sox play and less time in Fedway Park. This man needs to be banging out 80 hours a week. This guy needs to be pulling overtime shift yeah, on that's overtime true. shift. This man... Like during the off season, should probably be be teaching like six adult ed classes to earn the extra money he needs just to Are afford you these season kidding tickets. me? This man is getting a sugar mama. That's to true. Pay yeah, she's making for bank. him. That's true. Are you kidding? But he's, me? he hasn't missed bank. a game in eleven years before he meets Drew Barrymore. That's true. That's why he has to meet a sugar mama. He's in debt. What if that was this so? Movie? This is the whole ploy he's of just, the movie. He's just. He's just. In, <laughs> yes. He's, just drowning in credit card debt. Yeah. Yes. You know, imagine going to the bank for a loan. Just be like, listen, guys, season tickets. I just need to pay off this one season. I'll get you back. I promise. <laughs> they say no. He finds Drew Barrymore. He starts salivating and goes, this is my meal ticket. Yes. This is how I continue my super unhealthy habit. Yeah. This is all before sports gambling is legal, That's by true. the way. And this is the kind of guy to jump on that opportunity. This is true. As a guy who is also jumping on that opportunity, I know him when I see him. <laughs> all right, let's break down the movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Those were just pure logistics. <laughs> So we open the movie with a young Ben. He's going to Fenway Park for the first time. His mother's recently divorced. He's going with his uncle to Fenway. We get this great scene of, I don't get to change his diaper, do I? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. He goes to Fenway. I think this is probably like the most you will ever relate to anything in a movie. Which is like a young kid experiences a world that is very bizarre to him. That he feels very alien. That feels like he shouldn't be a part of. And so he's enticed by it even more. Mm. I think anyone can relate to this. Especially since he's from New Jersey. That's true. Yuck. (laughs) We love you, New Jersey. But also, yuck. (laughs) He gets to go see a real sports team. Like the Boston Red Sox. Not the Islanders. Yeah, that's true. They suck. No, they're not even in New Jersey. They play in New Jersey, though. New York Islanders? The Giants play in New Jersey. Rutherford Field. Yuck. (laughs) Everything that gets mentioned. (laughs) We fast forward to the present day. And I keep wanting to say Ben Affleck. That's who should be in the movie, but it's not Ben Affleck. Or Marky Mark. Jimmy Fallon is bringing a group of. So he says that this is a group of like 
specially like qualified students. None of these students seem very qualified to do anything. <laughs> she knows my secret shame. This is what I wanted to ask everybody. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, she's like, do you ever find yourself reorganizing numbers in your head? And all I could think the whole time was like, this is dyslexia. Like, it's just sounds like an actual condition. We are we are led to believe, based on the events of the movie, that Drew Barrymore has a very like comfortable lifestyle makes a lot of money by doing math what is her job what uh, did she like yeah. sell planes or something or like rent no or yeah something? A, a client is she says a client of hers is trying to do that but what does she do no uh dude she reorganizes numbers in her head and makes better <laughs> she is a dyslexic with an office <laughs> she takes that she- pill from limitless and she's just like, figured out a way to rearrange numbers <laughs> you hear the interstellar theme song come on <laughs> it never states what her actual job is she just is like jimmy fallon just makes his bold claim of this is how i wanted to see someone you know use math in real life it's like there's lots of jobs you could go to where that's a very defined thing that they do. Go to see an engineer. Mm-hmm. Like instead we get very vague job description of Drew Barrymore where <laughs> she does math that's and makes true. a lot of money a year. <laughs> no, that's true. That's what I want to do. She's up <laughs> I want to do math and get rich. Dude, she's up for the big promotion, guys. Okay. Yeah. She's got to really buckle down what and that type promo- on her laptop they don't at even, Fenway Park. <laughs> they don't even give the promotion like it's not like vice president of x it's not like like you know executive of this it's like oh man there's a big promotion like we don't even get to know what the promotion is this is true this seems like a lifetime movie with a bigger budget (laughs) that's true (laughs) (laughs) but because they just caught lightning in a bottle the 2004 red sox and it becomes one of my favorite movies ever see like i know we were saying earlier that like drew barrymore is the big draw to this movie but i honestly think the red Sox are the big draw to this movie i have said that without the red Sox, i don't think this movie works for anybody if 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 the magical season of 2004 doesn't happen for the red Sox, i don't think that this movie is as popular at all yeah imagine if the movie ends with like the way it was supposed to with the red Sox just losing yeah, no, that would not end well. That would not go well at all. If like they go through this entire dramatic scene and to all of a sudden she'd be like, and then the Red Sox lost to the Yankees in game four of the ALCS. Yeah, imagine if it's just like, yeah, they got swept. What do you want us to do about it? <laughs> and he kept his tickets. Yeah. Yeah, and then he still, he gets to and keep he still the kept his tickets. <laughs> like, nothing is different. How did they think this movie was going to work without them winning? <laughs> It's like, damn, they lost. I should have sold the tickets yeah. and got lots of money. Oh so my like, gosh. so literally, like the quote of that kid who's like looking at him at batting practice is like, "You love the socks, right? But have they ever loved you back?" Oh, Dude, that, brilliant! That kid knows. But then, like, That's the best part. But then the movie's supposed to end with them losing, like further showing <laughs> that like the socks don't love him back. That's true. And then he can follow through with selling it, and they live happily ever after. But because they continue winning, you feel that him keeping the tickets is justified. <laughs> You're like, he, he only keeps them, and it's only good because the Red Sox won the World Series that year. I, so. Jimmy Fallon, right? He asks Drew Barrymore out on a date, but she says no. This is like probably one of the only times that they make an actual baseball reference in the movie, which is kind of annoying. The movie should be littered with them. Yeah. Where like the kid is basically telling Jimmy Fallon he doesn't have the bat speed. Like, oh, I got, oh, I got the bat speed. <laughs> you should dust your best cheese. <laughs> 
This is the only real baseball reference in the movie. Yeah. There should be way more than this. Uh-huh. There is one time where he's like, he says baseball is fair. Like, it's like math. It's fair. You can either hit a curveball or you can't. And it's like, it's way more complex than that. Like, there's, you could argue that, like, baseball's not fair if you have a bad umpire. Like, there's lots of reasons that baseball wouldn't be fair. It is, it is the, it, I feel like it's the only, it's like the, the major American sport that has the biggest margin of error. Yeah. It's all just like, oh, did you see that, like, closely enough? Okay, yeah, he's out. Like, yeah. there's so many calls that you can argue that it's like, that wasn't fair. No, that's true. That's so fucking true. But he has this weird philosophy that baseball is like math. It's probably not anything like math. There's numbers. That he can, <laughs> that he can rearrange in his head. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. So after she rejects him, oh. we meet Drew Barrymore's friends. Also, I'm sorry to interrupt. But they have a mutual connection between numbers, and you don't see them talk about that at all. Oh, yeah. He's true. a math teacher. She's a math whiz. She's Allegedly. a math something. Allegedly. We don't know. But they don't even talk about numbers once. You don't see anything of them there with those old-timey calculators with the chug chung and then <laughs> punching and crunching this Dude, shit. I would love to see, like, a C- <laughs> Imagine Drew Barrymore sitting in the Red Sox stadium yeah. with like one of those like yellow visors on with a cigarette hanging out her mouth and she's just like <laughs> typing on the calculator. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. These two seem like they should be really into statistics of the Red Sox, but they yeah, don't you mention think, them at all. You would think that he's really like breaking this down. Of like, if I'm okay, if this is going to be fair, 81 games, like I can yeah. take you this many times, you this many times. Yeah. But it's all just like. I want to see you dance. <laughs> I got to be honest. It was one of my favorite scenes, though. I don't want to miss that. It's like, the doctor's tapping his toe. <laughs> the doctor's tapping his toe. He's giving me something. So we meet all of Drew Barrymore's friends, and they're kind of like, what's wrong with this guy? Why did you say no? And she's like, he's a school teacher. He's poor. He's got a bag of clipped toenails. No, that's later. We haven't gotten to that yet. <laughs> so the big thing they ask is like, what, does he not make enough money? Is that something like that you have gonna have a problem with? Yeah. I don't Is this is this something that dates the movie? Is this something that people care about still? What, like money and shit? Like who like which partner is making the most money? I mean it's definitely like I would say been more fleshed out at least, but there are people who still care. I would just say it's less consistent. Like it's not like expected in a social way. Interesting. That's yeah. just my take on it. No, I agree. When I was dating, I didn't really think about if I made well, like, more than them or not. I, I feel like that's not that's a really? thing. Is that yeah. pulling in the the monster big bucks you were going after that? <laughs> well, I feel like, like maybe it's something you consider if it's like they're proposing to you, but to literally go out on a first date to see if you have something in common, and you're going to be like, mm. he's a school teacher. Yeah. Yeah. More no worried way. about the dong size, the, the wallet true. size. That's true. You never get to see Jimmy Fallon's penis in this at mm. all. Well, it's PG-13, so. It could have been rated R if we saw his penis. That, it, no, it would have to be rated R if we saw his penis. And I think we would have been better off for it. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get, this is this is what I mean by like, because of how Red Sox centric it is, like we don't really even get like a first date scene. 
Like, mm. like, what would you? What, like, what are the elements that make a romantic comedy work? Right? Mm-hmm. It's got to be funny. Yeah. You got. There's got to be like a genuine chemistry between leads. Yeah. And then, like, it's probably some sort of like wacky side character. Mm-hmm. Yep. Something completely contrived that draws them apart. True. And then they reconcile. It's got to be a wedge. I don't really think this, like, but it also has to have, like, genuine, like, romantic moments, which is what I think this movie is probably missing the most of. Because even when they have, like, their first date, this is just a really weird scene, in my opinion. He goes over, she's sick, she doesn't text him. Oh, I guess he doesn't have a cell phone. But she doesn't know that yet. Mm -hmm. But he goes over to pick her up. She's really sick with, like, the flu. And rather than just being like, "Ah, okay, well, you should get some rest. He's just like, you know what? I'm going to go into your house that I've never been to before. I'm going to put you to bed. I'm going to clean your bathroom. Scrub your dog's teeth. I'm going to brush your dog's teeth. And then I'm I'm not going to leave. I'm going to sleep on the couch. So I guess. And then afterwards, she's not like curious, like, why are you doing all this? Like, get the fuck. She's like, oh, so cute. So I I have questions for each of you now. All right, if if you were going on a first date with a girl, yeah. I guess now, you know, in the modern era, she would text you and be like, oh, I'm not feeling very well. We're going to have to like, cancel next time. Sure, totally. But let's say that doesn't happen. Let's say yeah. you guys actually go to dinner. Yeah. And she gets sick there. Sure. You're bringing her upstairs. You're making sure she gets tucked in in her pajamas. Yeah. If she, you're wheeling her seemingly very expensive hamper next to her bed to throw up in. Yes. And you're, you're going to make sure she's totally fine for the night and hang out on her couch to make sure she doesn't eat anything? Am I doing that? Yeah, are you doing that? I would – no, no, because here's what I'd do, right? This is my game plan. I would go to the gas station. I would get her a goodie bag so that when she wakes up and she's not – she's feeling a little better, she can at least take care of herself to a certain extent. And then I would leave like some sort of like note or whatever saying, I'm going to be here at this time. Meet me there because I want my money back. <laughs> <laughs> what would you, what's in this goodie bag? Like – Backwoods, yeah, a Gatorade. <laughs> Backwoods, some Tito's. You know? A blue, a blue Gatorade and a king size Reese's. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm getting her some Alka Seltzer tablets, ibuprofen. I'm getting her. You think she doesn't have ibuprofen? Like she's an adult. Yeah, but that's, it's the gesture. That it's the thought counts. that counts. Yes, I do it because it means something. It means that I'm willing to be the guy that gets her ibuprofen. But this is just, this is just a first date. Yes. Yeah, it's a little overkill. You know, I don't give a fuck. That's sweet as shit. It's sweet maybe on the fifth day. The first day, I'm saying, leave me the fuck alone. Okay, that's my question. Is if you you are dating a guy, the first very first date, yeah. and he's cleaning your bathroom, and then you wake up in the morning and he's still there? Is that creepy or is it cute? I think it's creepy. Even if I'm not sick, if he's still there the next day, that's fucking creepy. It Get the hell weird. out of my house. I think that it, I think it is definitely weird, which is why I leave a goodie bag, but I definitely think like taking some sort of step to make sure that they're taken care of is is a good thing to yeah, do. I'd bring, say, bringing her to bed, bringing yeah. the trash can next to her. Yeah. Don't I'll overstay leave, your leave welcome. Leave it at that. Your job yeah, is done. That's exactly that's it. That's it for you guys, huh? 
You think you yeah. cut it off once they're in bed and t- you wouldn't it's like. It's the first date. I barely know you. So you don't think going above and beyond is a nice thing to do? I'm certainly not sleeping on the couch. No, I'm not doing that <laughs> Dude, either. It's stage five clinger. Like get the hell out of my house. If they're sleeping on the couch, 100%. But you don't think like somebody going in with like, you know, I'm not saying get the girl fucking flowers or anything like that, but just like. Here's some fucking electrolytes. You know, like that's a I good thing to give her. Give her a nice big bottle of Pedialyte and be on your way. Fill up a, at least like fill up a big glass of water and leave it on the nightstand with like a napkin or something saying, clean yourself up. <laughs> I don't, maybe it shows the type of person I am, but I can take care of myself. I don't yeah. want some dude assuming that I need all these things. Well, I Say, mean, if you're throwing up in the toilet all night, it would be nice to have that little extra. Well, maybe I already have it because I can take care of myself. Because I'm a grown woman. That's right. I'm grown. I'm a grown woman. I don't need no man. Except when I'm sick now because my baby takes care of me. True. <laughs> my baby also takes care of me when I'm sick. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> Shout out to the real one. (laughs) But then, next day, seemingly totally fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was just like... They just walk around. A couple hours. This is great. This is wonderful. No. Oh, you don't have a cell phone? No. If I... I, First thing, I see a lady, and I open her door, and she's practically shitting her pants. That's (laughs) not anything I can unsee. (laughs) That's what I was like... He's... (laughs) Yeah. She like he has like, <laughs> violated her privacy. Yeah. And he has seen her like in the worst way imaginable already. Yeah. True. I don't think you're hanging out to go to breakfast. I think you're like this wasn't meant to be, pal. And See, you just keep going on with your life. Listen, if you guys run into each other like a few months down the line, after shit's breathed a little bit, they've gotten time to recoup, <laughs> recover and <laughs> Re whatever they need to do. <laughs> I think at that point, you know, give it a shot. If that's in you, if that's if that's your prerogative, go for it. But it's just like I saw you in your gam gam fucking BJ's. <laughs> it's moo- a momo. I saw you in your moo moo, <laughs> pale as shit, sweaty as fuck, throwing up everywhere. I'm gonna step away. <laughs> give yep. you your space. You know what I, I think this movie needs? <laughs> I think this movie needs the beginning of the movie for Jimmy Fallon like to be dating someone and they break up with him because of the Red Sox. So like we hear because it, it's in these like, you know, from here things kind of blossom and it leads to her friends being like, well, what's wrong with him? He's 30. Why is he single? Which is mm. also kind of crazy that like they're only supposed to be 30 in this well, I mean, he's 29 when this was filmed. Yeah, right? they are literally 30 in this. <laughs> I just mean like, I feel like it's not <coughs> that crazy that someone's single at 30. Yeah. Maybe in 2004 or whatever it was. I don't know. Like Especially like living in like a big city. Like Yeah, that's true. You're 30 years. Like, I feel like at 30, you'd be like, okay, well, now it's time to figure out like the rest of my life. But like, yeah. All of her friends are basically like, what's the red flag here? What's going on? Yeah. And they tell the story about the guy who has all of his nail and hair trimmings. And, which I don't even know, like, if you've ever clipped... That's not even that weird. You, I, don't, I, just, I just want to know, like, if you've ever clipped your nails, right? Yeah. Like, with a, like, I bite my nails. I don't clip them. But, like, if you were someone that clips them... You clip your toenails, you freak. 
Yeah, in the living room. You want me to bite those? <laughs> if, I, if I walked in on you gnawing at your big toenail, dude, that's I'm the dying. equivalent of me seeing you throwing up in your moo-moo. I gotta let we have breathe for a little bit before I come back. But like, yeah, if you, if you are clipping your nails, right? Like, There's no way you can keep track of all of them, you know? You're missing some. No, true. Yeah, that that's truth. No, you that think- man has every single one. But but as a perfect, like if, if you're a he has a magnifying glass. He's going around. No, he's got looking. a controlled. He's got a controlled like like. Does he just system. put his put his hand in the bag and clip into the bag? Oh shit, to. maybe. Plus, like, I want to know, like. There's no way he started off with a giant trash bag. Some of those toenails get pointy as shit from the point you clip it off at. Mm. There's poking holes. That's not the first bag, which means he's had to transfer those toenails from one bag to the next. How he does it, if it's like one of those scoops from a penny candy shit or whatever, (laughs) I don't know. And he's just like singing along and doing that, you know? Totally normal. (laughs) And he's got hair in there too. Dude, I don't know why ladies keep saying this is so weird. Like... <laughs> but anyway, that's that's what she's led to believe is going to happen, right? Because he yeah. seems totally fine. Why is he single? And then we see his apartment. It's all Red Sox, everything. Which, the, to the extent <laughs> that Jimmy Fallon is a fan of the Red Sox, yeah. I feel is a bit unbelievable. It's yeah. a little much. His underwear... His underwear was even Red Sox. Listen, I'm cool with the sheets. I love the catcher's mitt phone. Mm -hmm. That's sick. The 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 picture of uh, that he taps on his way to the bathroom. I get all of that memorabilia, but there's got to be a line. Like like, even if it's just a separate room. But like you don't you don't have any other interests. True. None. Well, he's a school teacher, a math teacher, so probably not. He likes numbers. He has to like numbers. <laughs> it's just numbers what and if, what socks. If he only went to become a math teacher so that he could gain enough knowledge on statistics so that he could break <laughs> down Red Sox stats. Oh my god! With, with the best of them, it's above and beyond. This That's is true dedication. This is the part of the movie that makes absolutely no sense to me. Right? <clears throat> so she goes to Baltimore. She invites Ben to Baltimore, but he says, mm. ah, "I got to go to Florida with my friends." And she goes to visit her family, and they see on ESPN, like, the Red Sox spring training, and she sees the guy that she's been dating acting like a complete jackass. And she looks horrified, right? Yeah. She's like, oh, my God. What have I signed up for? The very next scene is her saying to him, I think this relationship's going to be perfect. It's like, What? She's double. How down. how do we get from here to there? Because in the last scene, you were like, uh, "What have I signed up for?" And now you're yeah. like, "This is incredible." Well, yeah, but she was also talking to him about how she is going to be working extra. She's got that big promotion coming. Yeah, up. she's going to be working extra while the season's going on, so they won't feel. I don't know. She said something about them not feeling like they're. Um, in each other's face all the time or something and then was like this will be perfect because her work her extra work was going on at the same time as the season not really realizing that a man who is obsessed as he is is probably not going to change anytime soon if he's been this way for 11 years that which means that but then he, he does hasn't missed a game since he turned 18 yeah 
Yeah, how exactly did he do that? Is. Did he skip school for games and stuff? Just, like, just like, well, he had to go to college and shit too. Yeah, what did he do? Which means he had to go to a local university. He's in Boston. There's good schools in Boston. Where did he go? Harvard. <laughs> he did not go to Harvard. <laughs> right up the road, a little place called Cambridge, Massachusetts. <laughs> so his his friends are never like, hey, we're going to Red Sox game. He's like, ah, let's, let's go to a movie. And he's just like, no. <laughs> it has to be a Red Sox game. He had to find friends that were as equally <laughs> as insane as he is. Probably like hates these guys. He just keeps them around because they love the Red Sox too. <laughs> One of them's a fucking doctor. You mean to tell me he's an anesthesiologist? This anesth- halfway through a game, he never gets a page. I assume in two thousand four from his hospital saying, "Yo, dude, we need you to come in. Mass casualty. Get in here." So she's post a nine eleven era. Changed nothing. <laughs> she starts True. going to all these games with him. And, you know, we meet this cast of characters who have also seemingly have season tickets in the exact same area that he has season tickets. This is just a group of season ticket holders. Yes. Weird coincidence. And you have Al, who sells sponges. I like him. Yes. I think this <laughs> Do is they a- really sell sponges at games? Is that a real thing? No, he Those sells sponges. sponges. He individually sells sponges. And for he- some reason, because he sells them, he just always has sponges <laughs> on him. Are they Red Sox sponges? I, I didn't notice the front of them. They're just regular sponges. <laughs> They're just dish sponges. They're just sponges. Have a sponge. Yeah. I thought they had a print on the front, but I don't know. Mm. Not important. You get the great moment of... <clears throat> Johnny Damon, best ass in the league. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. (laughs) Not a lie. (laughs) I thought they were lesbians, too. Uh, I don't think so. But I don't think think they are. Yeah. Uh, No, I think the bit is that they are partners, right? They never explicitly state one way or the other. Mm. I thought you saw them like kiss or something, but you don't. Well, I know that one no, of them. That's a big assumption. The only one that I know is that they got lipo. One of them got liposuction. Yeah. Or something oh, like that. Yeah. 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 The blonde one. Yes. But this leads to Drew Barrymore on her laptop at the game. Mm. Running Bitch, the numbers. How could she? Running numbers. <laughs> Making patterns. Noticing all those trends. (laughs) And then she gets hit by a ball, and this leads her to be like, I probably shouldn't go to games anymore. That's true. I need to focus on my promotion, my very vague promotion. (laughs) (laughs) And then things seem to be okay for a while. Yes. Until she wants to go to Paris. Oh, yeah, yeah, Paris. But the Rangers are in town. I know. Which, Zach, were the Rangers really in town? Yes. Okay, in cool. In that moment, they are actually in town. <laughs> uh, but th- th- then we throw in this curveball, right? Of like, I'm late. Oh, shit. I might be pregnant. Ugh, so typical. Like, That's like in what? every movie ever. What, what does this have to do with anything? This guy can't have more than two loves. He can't have more than two loves. Like, if his child's first birthday is on the day of a Yankee game, what's he going to do? Bring his kid to the Yankee game. That kid's going to become him, a mini him. 
That kid's going to get one of his season tickets. Sorry, buddies. You're out. He no longer has friends. What happens to Drew Barrymore? She can't go to the games. She's got to watch Jimmy Fallon and his kid go to games on every Sunday. That puts a strain on their relationship. She gets a little jealous. She starts to feel that Jimmy Fallon is creating more of a relationship with her kid than she is because they're going to all of these games. He becomes the cool dad. This causes a strain in their relationship <laughs> again. They get divorced. Right I'm just saying. This is a slippery slope. <laughs> so in-depth. Like. <laughs> just like... The, the the idea that Drew Barrymore is pregnant is completely irrelevant, like True. to to their problem at that moment, <laughs> which is that she wanted him to go to Paris with him, have a nice romantic weekend away, and he's like, eh, I gotta watch the Rangers game," it's and true. then it's just like, "I might be pregnant," and it's like. Save this for another time. The real strain. The real strain comes from her promotion being compromised, not from the fact that she might have a child. Yeah. The real problem that they're having is that, like, you don't want to go to Paris with me. You'd rather watch the Red Sox game. And, like, that's that that's a genuine issue that you guys need to address. Yeah. Maybe save the baby for later. <laughs> Maybe, like, when you know for certain. Yeah. Maybe bring it up to him. This is not the time. Did she end up being pregnant? No. No. Which is ridiculous. Like, this is a big. This is a, this is an issue. Yeah. Because she basically like accuses him of like not being able to fully commit. Like she's he's always going to like the Red Sox more than her. Mm-hmm. Right. And she basically when she comes back from Paris, she's like, "Oh, what if Grandma's having a heart attack? But the Yankees are playing." Or what if my friend is having a birthday party, but the Yankees are playing, and like <laughs> he's he's gonna he's he's like I'll I'll prove it to you I'll prove that I care more about you, like than I do the Red Sox, and so he yeah. goes to this party. What a dumbass! Because all he should do, <laughs> all he needs to do to prove that like he is fully committed is just show her the onesie that he bought, yeah. the Red Sox onesie. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. sweet. Like that's all you need to do. Like. Like, like, what do you mean? You don't need to skip the re- the Yankee game to go to this party. Like, I have to be like, no, I, I bought this once. Like, I was prepared to have a child. Like, yeah. of course I'm committed to this. Yeah. And instead, like, mm-hmm. it's just never mentioned. True. He just, like, puts the onesie in his underwear drawer and is like, don't need to speak on this anymore. If these people just talked to each other, <laughs> like, so many of these problems could just be resolved. That's true. They could have just a quick conversation. They could be like, I'm glad that changed. Shit. <laughs> and then, like, they break up, but it doesn't even feel like they break up. That's true. Because it's like... Yeah, and then Mr. Hottie with the dog is on the other side oh, of the door when Jimmy knocks on it. That guy's the worst. But it's like... So then he skips the game, and it ends up being this historic game where the Red Sox score nine runs in the ninth inning to win. Yeah. Nine to eight. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can't believe I missed it. I can't believe this. And she's like, you broke my heart, Ben. You broke my heart. Like, for this? This is what did it? It's like, listen, you can still have a good night and he can still be bummed that he missed what is probably the greatest <laughs> game in his entire life. But but because he's like upset that he like missed this game and he never misses a game, yeah. but like because he's trying to make her happy, yeah. he ends up missing this thing and she's like, you broke my heart. It's like... This is what does it? No, no, because I think I, I, in that moment, I do think it was a little bit more than that, though. It was like 
he was like, I should have never gone with you. Like, I should have just been to the game. I hadn't missed a game as well. Like, I think it's the backtracking was mm. probably what made her more upset. Than but, but again. Autumn as the female mind here. Well, yeah, because he also, he said it was the best night of his life laying next to her. Also, no best night of my life involves a fake mustache. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, for a man to say that, it means a lot. And then for him to instantly be like worst night ever like i take it back i should have been there instead of here with you i mean he should have been there i'm I'm not i'm not i'm not disagreeing i'm just saying i understand her pain you saw how long that conga line was right (laughs) you should sit laying in bed (laughs) at the same time you should just be not agreeing to go to great gatsby parties just on general principle that's true you shouldn't be going to these we all know what happened to gatsby at the end yeah why is that something we need to celebrate? He gets shot. That's true. Well, that was for that bitch's birthday. That was the worst friend. Yeah, no, yeah. she was a, she she was was a very so bad friend. She was a very bad friend. Yeah. And it's like, well, we got to go to her party. She's having a 30. She's having a birthday party at 30. And she looks like she's 47. Yeah, she looks like she's 50. <laughs> Listen, I think like if they because clearly if they're having a Gatsby party with like a fucking band and like catering and shit, whatever, you know. They have money. They can do it. Yeah. I think that's all fine and dandy. But I think that in this situation, they can have their cake and eat it too. And they just decide to be like, I'm so – like they're both so just like tunnel visioned on their own bullshit that it's like, you fucked me over. <laughs> it's also just like it doesn't seem like – it just doesn't seem like that big of a fight for them to be like – especially – when you have, like, the whole Paris thing, like, five minutes before this. That's true. Like, if that's what ends the relationship, like, I get it. I, but, like, the, like to, to resolve that and then go immediately into another fight yeah. that seems way less consequential than the one you just had. Mm-hmm. And then be like, you broke my heart. They and then can, with, no one even says, like, we're breaking up. Like, yeah. all she does is say this very vague statement. And then, like, we cut to however long later and he's like... Bill Bucknering out in his underwear, like it, it's like, like, oh, okay, I guess they broke up. Like, not very clear about what actually happened. We've all been there, watching Bill Buckner, Carl totally. Yastrzemski. Carl That's such Yastrzemski. a great song. I love it. <laughs> oh shit! But basically, because she leaves him, allegedly. This sort of forces him to have this reckoning of like, I need to sell my Red Sox tickets. Yeah. So he's going to sell them for $125,000. Yeah. And Drew Barrymore gets wind of this and it's like, I need to stop him. Mm-hmm. And she does. See, he seems like a guy who is very, uh, what's like the um, luck based or like um, ritual, like Things cause things outside of his control for whatever reason he doesn't know. So it's just like he goes to a game for 11 years. They continue to lose. The one time he misses a game, they come back in the ninth inning, nine to eight. I would picture him being the kind of guy to be like, I can never go to another Red Sox game ever again. They'll win every World Series from here on out. That's fair. Yeah, man. (laughs) At the same time. Yeah. She basically goes like. Which I think is a very great scene for running through the outfield. Then, true, you have the the song playing that's really good. I think it should still be Tessie, but that's fine. It's not. <laughs> and we get this speech of like, he's willing to give this up for me. I've never given anything up for anybody. 
Mm. It's like, you haven't really solved your problem here, which is that like <laughs> you think he cares more about the Red Sox than you. Yeah. Which is like just because he was willing to sell his tickets, I don't think that really proves that he cares more about you. It just means that he's willing to get rid of his tickets, but not his Red Sox obsession. It's, it's because like he... Right? I didn't think about that. Yeah. He's selling he's, his... Yeah, he's getting rid of the tickets, but he still has all that shit yeah. in his house. He's, yeah. he's, he's still got go, the love in his heart. He can't go to a game without thinking about her, which is why he's selling the tickets. Which is not like really mean <laughs> She's he, ruining the game. Oh, wait. How how long is a Red Sox season? 162 games. Hundred no, but I mean like in time. Like this is months? Mm, April to October? April, May, June, July, August, September. This is a six-month-long relationship. That's true. Wow. When you put it like that. If it, if it even was six months. Well, they go to opening day. Opening day. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. And then – but they and they get to the playoffs. At most, it's yeah. ten months. At, at most. It's not even ten months. <laughs> that's why I said at most. Yeah, but it's like mm. – <laughs> Six, seven month relationship and they're standing there like freaking out about one another. I get it. It's like nothing I've ever felt before. He's one like, of the best well, shit, guys we moved, Didn't you move in with me after uh, like five months? I don't Probably. think they moved in yeah. with each other. But they don't live together. In this no, building. but yeah. I'm saying the same. I mean, this, the passion, you know? Yeah, I guess. Uh, the love. Yeah, no, that's, that's <laughs> right. That's right. That's true. Yeah, you just don't know anything. I'm a single man here. You just you can't put a time limit. I know. From all of those <laughs> it listening, seems outrageous, I'm sure you're but... very shocked that I'm a single man. But it is what it is. You know what I mean? You're a catch. Don't downplay he, it. You should true. see his bedroom. The Red Sox everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell Sorry, him about my entryway. To- <laughs> don't, tell- <laughs> don't tell him about my toenail bag and my fucking hair bag. <laughs> When, when also, the- also hair bag. That was also one of the other things, which means one of two things happened. He cut his own hair for his entire life. That would be impressive. And as a child, his mom collected his hair, and he just kept the tradition alive, which yeah, well, you could also say is pretty admirable, but sick, the consistency of it, at He's least. committed. Gotta give it to him. There aren't many people who've done anything for their entire lives besides breathe, eat, poop, and pee, and fart, and burp. Squirt fart. I I guess you had to. I guess there are quite a few things people do for their entire lives, but also this guy—if he got his hair cut at a barber—had to ask them every. I like to imagine that that's what happened. He was like, "Hey, do you mind if I like? Can I get that?" What if? What if he got interested in collecting other people's hair? Like, what if you realize that, like, it's not just mine that I can have. I can have other people. This guy could easily turn this into a thriving wig business. Sure. Because he already has a backlog of all of this hair he could make into different wigs. What if he, like, had a really hairy back? This, keeping that? He's shaving all of this. There's a lot of blurry lines here. We cleared up. <laughs> uh, so they get back together. And what what do they do immediately? Like they keep going to Red Sox games, which kind of leads me to believe that like they haven't resolved anything. That's true. Nothing's changed. 
There's no there's no long-term proof that Jimmy Fallon is going to understand what it is to not go to a Red Sox game for something that's important to her because the only thing that you did was tell him to not give up his Red Sox tickets and then go to a game with him. So it's just kind of like she's just enabling this. Yeah. There's like there's no real indication that Jimmy Fallon like feels any differently about his actions and the Red Sox. Yeah. It's just that he can now no longer associate the Red Sox without associating it with Drew Barrymore. Not like, hey man, I really shouldn't care this much about the Red Sox. Just like, it hurts to be here. This man has a serious problem and he needs to address it. He has an addiction. (laughs) It is causing harm to him and everyone in his life. Not everybody. 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 Okay, fine. (laughs) Everybody in his life, he needs to address this. It's like everybody is really just Drew Barrymore that has the problem. The estate, no, no, because the think about it. When he wasn't at that game, it caused an absolute collapse where his friends had to come pick him up. The anesthesiologist mm. shaved his balls. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I forgot I'm about just, that part. There's, there's a leap there, you know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, I get that you do this all the time, Doc, but why are you shaving my balls? <laughs> And the Red Sox win the World Series, and everybody lives happily ever after. The world was at peace after that happened. I just, I feel like the like the romantic turbulence in this movie is just completely manufactured. Like none of it feels real. No, I agree with you. And Gwyneth Paltrow would have shat the bed with Jimmy Fallon <laughs> in this role. <laughs> like, like it, it feels like. I got like, oh, well, this fight about Paris isn't big enough for you guys to break up over, so we got to give you another one. Yeah. And it's like, uh, okay. And then you're like, there's this whole thing about them being in the bar when the Red Sox lose that third game, and like they see Trot Nixon and Johnny Damon and Jason Veritek like having dinner, and Jimmy Fallon goes on this whole like epiphany of like, well, this is just their job. Why shouldn't they have dinner? This is just their job. We treat it like way more than da, da, da. and it's like, yeah, dipshit. Like you just described being a fan of something. Like <laughs> this isn't like some grand revelation. These guys, you don't even know if they're Red Sox fans. They're Red Sox players. You idolize these men as a conscious choice. <laughs> these guys are getting paid to do something for a team. They could be Orioles fans. They could want the Orioles to win every year. <laughs> but like what all he basically does is just describe like caring about something that like is bigger than you. Yeah. That's all he's describing here. But it's like this supposed to be like this grand epiphany that leads him to being like I got to sell my tickets. Yeah. There's something out there bigger than the Red Sox for me, which I hope he never finds because if this oh is, gosh. If, <laughs> no, if this is how he treats the Red Sox, if he were to find something bigger than that to care about, his life is over. Like every second of his life would be consumed by this thing. These are the kind of guys that get swept up by ISIS through Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit that out. <laughs> How how long do you give them? When when do they break up for real? Uh, once the season starts up next September. <laughs> she knows she likes Winter Ben. She loves Winter. Oh, that's it's right. It's Summer Ben that broke her heart. Well, that's heart. exactly it. I think when the Red Sox season's over, things are fine until he says, "Oh shit, I have to go to spring training with my boys," yeah. and then she when starts you- to go. 
oh shit, it's starting. When do you stop <laughs> doing that? When do you stop going to spring training? If you you're don't. if you're a diehard <laughs> Red Sox fan, you don't. I mean, how many of them actually go? Is that a real thing that they do? I don't think so. I, I know a couple people who have gone. But I think it was like a situation where they were down in Florida anyway, so yeah. they just popped If you're over. there. Well, that makes more sense. Yeah. But they're making an active Dude, choice to go to like, Florida. This would be like us driving to Foxborough to watch Patriots practices. That's true. They are open to the public. You can watch them. But like, so we're doing do, it? do you need to? So, so we're doing it? Is that what I mean? <laughs> we're going to Foxborough? No, you don't need to. It's bad. Nobody should do it. Nobody should. If it's something like special, like you and your dad are going down and it's a meaningful thing that you guys do every year, that's fine. But if you already have season tickets to go to every single game, I think sacrificing things that aren't games are is perfectly okay. <laughs> Watching them practice is fine, especially when he's like, we scout the players, we predict our lineups, we just make sure everything's all two with the team. It's like, like, oh, and they listen to you? And he's just like, well, no. (laughs) I think, like, in a perfect world, right, like, for for these people to stay together forever, like, she needs to let him sell the tickets. Yes. Maybe he give maybe this new guy that he's selling them to, like, gives him, like, 15 Gives him 15 to be generous. Like, you still get to go to 15 games. That's a good chunk of games to go to. But, like, do you need to be at everyone? Mm. No. no. And then this next guy develops a problem with the tickets because he goes to every game. This could just be a continuing to, thing. It's just, it's a curse. Fever pitch. It's a new curse. Fever pitch to return of the Return, return of, of the, the Bambino. Return of the Bambino. <laughs> this is the new Bambino curse. The, the, the season tickets that destroys marriages. That would be incredible. <laughs> That would be incredible. I'd watch that. It's a horror movie the next time around, though, because you know what the problem is. Yeah. Gosh darn it. I'd love to see that. Ben starts a support group for all those who've had the tickets in the past. <laughs> My God. <laughs> well, well, I enjoy this movie. Yeah. Especially on this viewing. It's a little flawed. Yeah, it's a little flawed. That's not going to stop me from watching it and enjoying it every single time because... Yeah, Jason Veritek is in the movie. But that's exactly what I'm saying, dude. Push comes to shove, the Red Sox still won the World Series in 2004. You get to watch Big Poppy hit a home run? It happens every single time you watch it. You get to relive magic. I'll never watch it again. The inaccuracies. Which may lead me to never watch it again. I'll literally (laughs) never watch it again. Unless you make me. I will. Oh. I'll watch it. No, I'm not going to make you. I'm saying I, I will like, watch oh. it again. You will watch it again. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, that brings us to the end of Fever Pitch. Mm. Quite possibly one of the best movies we could have chosen for Valentine's Day. One of the best Boston movies this of all re- time. This really gets you ready because in three months' time, Chef and I will be driving to Fort Myers to watch the Red Sox spring training games. <laughs> plus, keep I'm this sorry, episode. What? <laughs> plus, keep this episode in mind because next year for Valentine's Day, we're doing the town. <laughs> we will be doing the town before next Valentine's Day, and then again next Valentine's Day. <laughs> you got, you want to decide on next Valentine's Day right now? We got to do P.S. Oh I love God, you if we're doing we have any of them. So much time. You want to do P.S. I love you? I love P.S. I love you. Well, Chef has chosen. Thank you. On the second okay. annual <laughs> Valentine's Day special, you can hear us talk about P.S. I love you. Thank you. We will see you in a year 
for that one. I was, about to I was say, like, we're not releasing another episode <laughs> until next year. What the fuck's going on? Uh, until then, make sure you uh, leave us a review, a rating on your favorite podcast app. Make sure you're reaching out to us, getting in touch, letting us know what you like, some things we could get better. We probably won't listen to you and continue to do what we want to do. But it's nice <laughs> to get the feedback. <laughs> Talk to us. Fuck you. Talk to us. <laughs> uh, I believe... I believe next week we are celebrating another 20-year anniversary and we will be discussing the Passion of the Christ. <laughs> oh, God. Speaking of Catholics in Boston, That's let's true. talk about Jesus next. <laughs> another very good Boston movie, The Passion of the Christ. <laughs> Is that in Boston? What's the joke there? You're going to see. <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, until next time, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Reach out. like the, Leave us a rating, a review, all of that good stuff. And Tell me was, what I'm wrong about, because I'm sure there's a lot. Yeah. Do you agree with us, disagree with us about Fever Pitch? Mm. Do you Are you not from New England? Do you remember this movie at all? <laughs> Make sure you let us know. Goodbye, everybody. Good night.